welcome to another episode of Almost Major, where we talk about the many major studios and the films they release. Unfortunately, today we are not going to do that, but also fortunately today we are having an intermission episode to talk about a movie that we never shut the hell up about on all the other episodes. It is uh, Swim Fan from 2002. My name is Kevin Tudor. I'm here with Bryden Doyle. Hello. And Charlie Nash. Hello. And we have a very special guest uh, from Vulture. It's Roxana Haddadi. Hello, guys. How are you? Good. Great. Good. So happy to have you. Um, so happy to have you. Thank, thank you. you, guys. I'm sad we're not doing this from, like, an abandoned high school swimming pool. But, uh, yeah, you yeah. know, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, pretty much, I uh, just of my own volition, I saw that you wrote or had an interview with Erica Christensen back in April. Mm-hmm. And then... And then, apropos of nothing, I was just like, yeah, if we do an intermission, what could we do? And I was just like, well, if, if there's somebody who also uh, seems to care about this movie more than us, then um, I think it would be her. So I think we got to get her on for that. But uh, how, how was that interviewing? Because I've read it a few times and I was just expecting like... I don't know, like three or four questions. And I was like, mm-hmm. this thing is in depth. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I really love our roll call feature at Vulture, where it's basically just like, how many questions can we ask this person about one of their projects? Nah. So I think I prepared like 35 questions for her. And I had Ooh. an hour. So like, we did wow. cut some stuff out of the interview. Um, but I really appreciated how forthcoming she was. Like, she was really down to talk about it. Uh, which, you know, like, why not? It's the 20th anniversary, which is sort of wild to think about. Uh, and I feel like we, we sort of talk about this in the interview, like movies like this don't get made anymore. Like, I think if they were going to do it these days, it would be like an eight episode Netflix series that like people talked about for a day and then forgot about. Mm -hmm. So it's such a product of its time in like an excellent an excellent way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that was, I was trying to think last night, like, I was up to, like, five in the morning, like, just, like, I, I, while I was, like, scrolling through my phone, thinking, like, what other movies, like, since then have there been like this? And I thought, like, the closest I could think of, like, theatrically was that Jennifer Lopez movie, The Boy Next Door, where it's, like, sort of an obsessed, <laughs> oh, like, boy. stalker thriller, and, like, yeah. trying to be erotic, and, like, that one's different because it's R-rated, even though yeah. it's not a sexy movie, but, like, uh, but yeah, that's like the closest I could think. But then, yeah, you're right that it is like it's either a streaming show or it's like on like a streaming service like um, The Voyeurs. That was an yeah, Amazon The Voyeurs, movie. which was on a Prime. Yeah, and like the thing also about Boy Next Door is like it's funny. I think of Boy Next Door more like the other J Lo movie enough. Yeah. Where it's like J Lo isn't interestingly isn't in sort of like sexy thrillers where she's the bad guy right she's in sexy thrillers mm-hmm. where she is pursued uh mm-hmm. with like the exception of hustlers which isn't really a thriller so much as it's like a commentary on our economy but yeah it's like i just think like the erotic thriller as a genre and that's what this q a was part of that genre in and of itself has sort of died out as a theatrical medium um but swim fan like I think stands the test of time because it's so in conversation with the movies that have come before it and yet also serves as a demarcation point like to your point there haven't been any others really since then i i think probably of its time it's most like cruel intentions right like yeah uh in that sort of like love triangle obsessive female uh 
but even still, Cruel Intentions feels like the glossy, sort of A-list version of that, and Swim Fan is like the scrappy B-movie version of that. So I just, oh, yeah. I missed the time when we got different tiers of these <laughs> hilarious, mm-hmm. sort of yeah. bad, but very enjoyable movies. It's very much. It's exactly why I enjoyed Deep Water so much, which oh, Kevin hates. Bless that movie. Of, that movie's yeah. great. I thank you. I <laughs> yeah. love that movie. That um, movie is great. Yeah, it's so much fun, and I just miss erotic thrillers so much. And I just yeah. remember, it, yeah, just feeling so like like just being like, oh my god, these these types of delightfully trashy movies for adults are back. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah. And I mean, shout out to Patricia Highsmith, because like a lot of yes. her adaptations are just, they fit exactly in that realm. I don't know if you guys have seen The Many Faces of January, uh, no. but that was Vigo Mortensen, uh, Kristen Dunst, and Oscar Isaac. And that was another one where it's like, beautiful European location, well-dressed assholes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's very much, uh, you know, a mid-century thing that we just keep going back to. uh, But I should we cut Kevin out for not liking the excellence that is Ben Affleck and Anna Darmus together? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'll be back. Don't worry. Wait, can we can we take a pause, Kevin? Why didn't you like it? Can we talk about that briefly before we talk about Swim Fan? I mean, it was just boring. Sorry. <gasps> no. <laughs> Until like the last like twenty minutes, where it's a uh, Ben oh, Affleck and uh, uh, Tracy Letts, and I'm the just movie. like, what is going on? This is wild. Were you not captivated by the snails as a metaphor for his desire for human connection? <laughs> oh, aggressive yeah. yawn. Wow. Also, the opening scene where Anna de Armas yells at Alexa to turn that off. Like, Alexa, turn that shit off. I don't want to hear old McDonald had a farm ever again. Like, <laughs> I love her. I mean, I'm really waiting yeah. for an actual movie that uses Anna de Armas effectively. Well, Wasp Blonde Network is... did, and that might have been the only one. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I'm like the sole Wasp Network apologist alive, but uh, it's good and fun. And we do have Blonde coming out next month. Yes. You know, and it's Andrew Dominic, who is a very talented filmmaker. Yeah. Andrew Dominic, perfect, flawless. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, But yeah, just the just the idea that uh, the end of erotic uh, big uh, big budgeted movies like this pretty much died when they were just like, how about we just remake Fatal Attraction? They're just like, you've gone too far. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Um. Oh, sorry, Kevin, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, I was just going to do a quick rundown. Uh, Swim Fan was released on September 6, 2002. Uh, this is... I did not need to look this up. Released on DVD March 11, 2003. <laughs> okay, so I was like 10 years old, obsessed with the trailer for this movie, um, and my brother would not take me to the theaters to see it, which I was very upset. And this this was back in the day where it took six months for a movie to come out on home yeah. video. Yeah. So I knew the release date by heart. And yeah, nothing was the same after that. This was definitely my... I'll, I'll get into it in initial thoughts. Uh, it opened up at number one in 28,000... Wow. 28, Wait, did it really? Yes. I mean, September 6th, that sounds like kind of a dead weekend. That's like pretty much. Pretty much. It's like Labor Day. I think it's pretty much... I could see it as being like... A last bang movie for teenagers before school starts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, opened at number one in 2,800 theaters, budget of $10 million opening weekend, $11 million, domestic gross of $28.5 million, and overall gross of $34 million. Um, top five films that weekend was Swim Fan at number one, My Big Fat Greek Wedding in its 21st week, um, City by the Sea, Signs, and Triple uh, X. Wow. Oh God! Those, you know what? I love hearing that list. What an array of films! All of those were what, like, basically originals. Ah, uh, boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah. Um, City by the Sea, I think, is like loosely based on a real murder case. I think, but okay. it's like heavily embellished upon, like, yeah. you know, as many movies are. Yeah, and this is like essentially just yeah, like Fatal Attraction or whatever. But yeah. theoretically, all. Yeah. Uh, originals. A simpler time. A pre yeah. a pre Marvel DCEU time. Yeah. 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 Well, the only yeah, the only superhero movie that had come out, like it was like Spider Man and the first X Men, I think, at this point. I think so, like, yeah. Getting that, yeah. Yeah. Getting that ball rolling. But like uh, yeah. Yeah. Also that movie was good, along with the second one. I miss when superhero movies were just like so good like that and mm -hmm. actually allowed Sam Raimi to, I didn't see the Doctor Strange movie, so maybe I shouldn't say this, but it actually allowed Sam Raimi to be an auteur and didn't just, like, mesh him into, you know, a system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and, and that's sort of the thing about, like, all of those were that they were the first of their kind at that time, right? So you didn't mm -hmm. have to fit an no. established, like, studio style. Uh, which was also, like, the great thing, I think, about Swim Fan is that, like, it had to fit genre conventions for the erotic thriller and so mm -hmm. there were a lot of things that you sort of assumed were going to happen uh mm -hmm. like something that is so funny just about like the genre in general is like just this <laughs> i'm laughing about it because it's so funny to me just the sense that like these men would be who these women would lose their minds over <laughs> Like yeah. Jesse Bradford, <laughs> like that too. Jesse Bradford is like handsome or whatever. But I love watching this movie and being like, this guy, <laughs> like he is who you're like risking your life and sanity for. Like, okay, he does. Really. He does not have a personality other than he likes to swim. He, and he swims. Had a trouble past. Yeah, and he had a drug situation. As he yes, calls it. he had yeah. a drug situation. He's like sort of a bad boy. Uh, which you know because he was in Bring It On, in which he Hell was yeah. sort of a bad boy. Yeah, he uh, was. But, Do you see him uh, brush his teeth in that scene? That's a bad boy, man. That's true. <laughs> yes, he'll I, make I, he'll I, make you a mixtape, and it's dangerous. I, I, I will admit, Roxana, uh, like Kevin, I was eleven, so I was one year older than Kevin. I had a subscription to Nickelodeon magazine. Mm -hmm. which one yeah. issue came with a free fold-out poster of Clockstoppers. Oh, Clockstoppers. And I even saw Clockstoppers, and even as a kid, I was like, I think that movie sucked, but I hung that poster up on my room because uh, Closeted Me was like, that Jesse Bradford is uh, quite handsome. He, I mean, <laughs> he is. Yeah, like, yeah. like, I'm not trying to say that the man is not handsome because I had a bring it on, uh, like, homage on my wall also to this man who yeah. I thought, like, he'll understand me. Um, but, he, but he definitely, he doesn't have a personality in the movie. You're absolutely right. Like, he just does not have anything, which I think at the same time for a teen movie can sort of be a benefit, right? Because you want young impressionable viewers to project whatever they want onto mm -hmm. this handsome mannequin of a man 
Um, mm. But yeah, like it came out and was like commercially successful, right? I mean, like critically panned, of course. No, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, like commercially successful at first. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I honestly do not even remember the first time I saw this. It must have been on TV because I, I do not remember seeing it in theaters. Uh-huh. I think it was like a Saturday, as all of my early viewings were, I think it was like a Saturday afternoon rerun on like TBS or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I think I remember the first time I heard of it, I my mom took me and a friend to see Mr. Deeds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. And they, this was the first trailer they, show, they showed was for Swim Fan, and I remember as a kid being like, that looks intense. Like, and yeah. I don't think I saw it until, like, I remember I got it from my, like, local library or something, like, mm-hmm. a few years later. Mm-hmm. Probably because I had a crush on Jesse Bradford. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was my first exposure. Shout out to libraries. Like, I any, know. anytime you're like, you know what, I need this physical media library will have it if you have a library card you can watch things on canopy you can borrow things on hoopla hoopla is also pretty good um libby libby i use a lot oh i don't know if we have like the libby partnership here in maryland that's interesting what's up ladies hey Mm. my swimming buddy then Cronin thought he had it all. Scouts are coming next week. It might actually happen, huh? Yeah, can you picture it? Good friends. Oh, break one! I just remember why we broke up, John. But you couldn't handle me in bed, or? <laughs> and a bright future. <laughs> so, Madison Bell. Dude, she is so smoking hot. You know I'm planning on hearing that little southern accent when she moans my name. I can't get this stupid thing open. Do you think you could? Take a look, yeah. What's the letter for, Ben Cronin? The letter is for swimming. Are you good? I'm okay, yeah. But he never imagined. What are you doing here? One moment. Okay, I want you to. Could change everything. Hello? Oh, honey, hi. Surprise. It's so great to finally meet your mother. Finally, you just met me. You want to pretend like it never happened? I have a girlfriend. Don't worry about me. I got somebody waiting for me in New York. You have 81 new emails. Picture received. Gotcha. Hey. Hey. This is my boyfriend, Ben Cronin. Amy just can't stop talking about her perfect boyfriend, even when I beg her to stop. (laughs) I know what you're doing. No emails, no visits, nothing. I'm with Amy. Ben, get back here. You tested positive steroids. I don't take steroids. Clean out your locker. You're off the table. Did it. I know she did. You're crazy, man. You're losing her. Don't worry about me. I got somebody waiting for me in New York. She killed him. When I was with him, I pretended he was you. Paramedics just brought Amy in. She okay? Amy, where is she? She's not good enough for you. Swim fan. But yeah, so, okay, so we were all intrigued by it. In no, none of us are gonna admit thinking it looked bad. Like we're all gonna say that we thought it, it looked good. It had disturbed in the trailer. I was there day one. Okay? <laughs> it's wild that they don't use that in the in the movie because the what the, yes. the line in this in the song where it's like don't deny me, and it's like that's like the I'm not gonna be ignored. Like that yes. be, I'm not gonna be ignored anthem. That would have been awesome if it was in the movie. If like Erica Christian is like blasting that song or whatever. I'll, I'll make a fan edit of it. Uh, the part where she's sadly listening to like 
uh, classical music, I'm just gonna put Disturbed on there. So yeah, yeah, just it, just erase the fact that she played the cello and just really. <laughs> yeah. She played electric guitar. Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, that, that I, I will say when I saw it as a teenager, eventually I was like, that sucked, but like in in a fun way. Like and, yeah. and rewatching it last night, I had much more fun with it this time around, especially considering that like we've talked about now, erotic thrillers don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though I think this is a bad movie, it's very enjoyable. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, also, rewatching that trailer, they spoil the entire everything. movie. movie. The Besides her dying, everything's movie. And the other thing that I thought was very funny, I noticed this because I've seen the trailer a few times, there is a shot, did they like shoot an alternate ending of this movie? Because in the trailer there's a shot of Jesse Bradford clearly standing where he's about to see Madison with Amy tied to the swivel chair, and there's a shot in the trailer where she's he's like, where is she? And I'm just imagining, like, I'd be like, she's right in front of you, dude. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think they must have, because like, when I spoke... <laughs> When I spoke to Erica, she sort of implied that there was the possibility of a sequel. Mm -hmm. So I do wonder if there were, like, a couple different versions that they filmed. Like, maybe one where she had just, like, kidnapped her. Uh, but I, you know what? Why haven't we gotten Swim Fan too? Like, you know, like how much could this movie actually cost? Like, can we please I just know. get it uh, yeah. for streaming? Um, I'm, su- I'm surprised we didn't get like a direct video sequel in, like five. That's years what I'm later. saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't understand why that uh, didn't occur. How uh, many sequels did Wild Things get for like Christ? five? Three. Which, which, yeah, <laughs> so many. But, which Wild Things, great movie, different movie, yes. but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Wild Things became sort of like its own uh, direct-to-DVD franchise, which is, it's really interesting which 90s movies that happened for, because Mm -hmm. I also, didn't that happen for the Drew Barrymore Poison Poison Ivy? Poison Ivy, oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so why why not, some fan? Why not? Poison Ivy is a wild movie. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Swim Fan doesn't even have a Blu-ray release. Do you think Disney? That's like on the top of their things to do. No, so. I mean of course not. Of course I not. could see it getting like. Didn't? Uh, is it Shout Factory that released The Crush? That was another movie I kept thinking of watching. This one. I mean, all they... of the '90s ones, right? I mean, yeah. like Alicia Silverstone. It was like The Crush and The Babysitter. So it's... like she very much came up in that early, like early '90s. Uh, like blonde Jezebel sort of stereotype, mm. and then yeah, there was there were like the movies about brunettes. <laughs> there was Wild Things, and I think there was another one that I'm not remembering right now. There was of course Showgirls. Well, of Cruel course. Intentions is the other brunette one. I mean, Cruel Intentions is your best example of like the blonde brunette dichotomy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Past like the Archie comics, they were like, we're gonna pick up this mantle. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, the 90s were very much the time where we were still sort of sticking to, it felt like a weird time for what people thought feminism was. Because on the one hand, it is very feminist to have, like, an evil female villain, right? Like, being bad isn't inherently gendered. So, like, to have a female villain is like, okay, this is, like, cutting edge and interesting and great. 
However, that all of the female villains were tied to, like, a sexual situation Mm -hmm. was not ideal. Uh, So you sort of saw, like, a little bit of creativity there and also still that, like, heteronormative gaze that made these movies, like, you know, it would be badass if she also was wearing a corset the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, it just made me think about, because 2002, uh, Brian De Palma's Femme Fatale came out, mm-hmm. which was also critically, I mean, mixed. I know Roger Ebert gave it four stars. Now I feel like it's gotten a much uh, deserved resurgence. But yeah, yeah, that's another example of, and that's a movie that I love because I feel like without spoiling anything, although there are a million twists in that movie, it is such a male gazy movie, but then at the end of the movie, you realize that's part of the point that De Palma's like even putting his own feet to the fire in terms of like you'll see something that is titillating, but you didn't notice that the women in the movie were actually doing something behind, mm-hmm. like in plain sight the entire time. And then you also had um, Unfaithful, which is, in right. my opinion, Adrian Lyons' best film. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, even 2002, it was like, but Unfaithful made money, right? And, like, Diane Lane, I think she got an Oscar nomination for that. I think Unfaithful made money. I mean, we're also not talking about Bound. Bound, But Bound was, like, very important for this time as well. So, like, Mm -hmm. Swim Fan was, I think, following, like, an established tradition. It just also came out in that time where it felt like the aughts were trying to figure out, like... What are movies for teenagers going to be? Because I, you know, like, I think we're all around the same age. I don't even know if I can remember any other, like, aughts teen movies. <laughs> can't, yeah. like... um, Disturbia is a big one for, uh, for yes. me when I was growing up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes. an interesting one, too. I mean, that's not like an ironic thriller, even though it is like a guy spying on neighbors. It is a thriller, though. I mean, it does still oh, yeah. follow. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Shia, right? Yeah, yeah. I have yeah. such a crush really, on Shia in that movie. Jesus. He's really good in that movie too. <laughs> he is yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean, the problem with Shia has never been his acting. Like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. the problem it's, with it's Shia is literally stuff. everything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his acting has never been a problem. But all right, should we? Do we want to talk about like swim fan in detail? What do you guys? Oh wanna, yes. Oh what yes. What do you guys want to discuss? Let me uh, break down some more stuff I have here. Uh, number one song in the U.S. this week was uh, "Dilemma" by Nelly featuring Kelly Rowland better times wow yeah okay uh number one song in canada this week is a remix of elvis presley's song a little less conversation by elvis presley uh, versus junkie lx which i do remember that's actually a really wow. good remix yeah yeah, wow. yeah. canada yeah. knew canada was like in 20 years baz lerman will release an elvis <laughs> that is shockingly successful and so we're just getting ready for it like uh-huh. it's cool yeah. um yeah I had to copy the Google plot because it's always deranged. Uh, Swim fan follows Ben Cronin, played by Jesse Bradford, who has it all. The admiration of his many friends, a terrific girlfriend, played by Sherry Appleby, and he's on the fast track to an athletic scholarship. Ben's rock-solid, promising future... Okay, it's not that rock-solid. Promising future and romance (laughs) is turned upside down by the arrival of Madison Bell, played by Eric Christensen. Madison, the new girl in town, quickly sets her sights on the impressionable Ben. While their first few meetings are innocent enough, the obsessive and seductive Madison wants more. 
more dot 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 much more uh-huh is that impressionable or is he just like a horny ass 17 year old <laughs> yeah. yeah like impressionable is such an interesting word like it's not like yeah. yes she has a plan but she's not you know what i mean it just i don't know that's an interesting word choice just say that like he was dickmatized and like let's just <laughs> yeah. like, get on with it he was like he's so impressionable he says i can't do this once and then goes all right afterwards <laughs> yes like he like like it's just like I think it's like they meet in the hallway, right? Okay, so like, all right, so let's yeah. talk. Let's talk like plot. A so hallway like, where no other students are. Either. No other. No students one. Oh, no because she's else. late. Yeah. She's, she's late, late for English. She's late. Look, I was. Uh, didn't matter. <laughs> there are always people in the hallway in high school. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. this. But again, this was like such a like high school tropey thing that you would yeah. have these like secret meetings in the hallway with no one else around like that was very much like a my so-called life yeah sort of yes um yes but yeah so am i remembering correctly that actually the opening of this movie is her putting the lip balm on in the car or is that just our introduction to her character i don't remember the first scene we see her playing cello intercut with really boring pg-13 car sex between yeah yes yeah yes her car passes, I think. I think it's supposed to be her car that passes. And we're and she's later we find out where she's playing the cello is uh the, the hospital room of uh, her former uh boyfriend. With uh, like the right. shrine to their Exactly Yeah, yeah. potential relationship. Yeah. Yes, I had forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. Uh okay, so that's how we start. So we already get the sense that like she's bad, right? Because she's yes. like yes. She, she plays cello. No she one plays cello. <laughs> cello is not evil. <laughs> Everyone is bad who plays cello. Uh, but I also feel like it works to have the, like, sex scene interrupted. Because you do have that, like, implicit. Mm-hmm. Who's getting between them through the editing of this scene? Um, okay, so that's the established beginning. And, th- and then that does make it funnier that he is so susceptible <laughs> to mm-hmm. her, like, light flirting. She's not yeah. even really going that hard. She isn't. No. No. <laughs> and he like volunteers his help like to drive her home. She's like, no, no, no. He's like, no, I insist. And it's yes. like, yeah. So he's like, yeah. kind of she says like five it, but... times, I'm good, and he's like, no, no. And she's like, uh, okay, <laughs> right. We're not saying that we blame the victim, but we are saying that Jesse Bradford sort of did it to himself is that what i'm hearing is oh, that yeah. okay i, I mean i mean even the scene where they have sex in the pool he's like we shouldn't do this and she's like no it's okay i want to he's like okay like <laughs> <laughs> and then she says it'll be our little secret but not so little yes yes it's great. yes yeah. um i love that they shot the sex scenes first that's actually really hilarious mm-hmm. to me just yes. get it out of the way yeah yeah erica said that like basically i don't know if that, this is the way for like everybody but i think sort of their uh thinking was do it now before they like know each other too much and potentially hate each other which is such an interesting way to like think about sex scenes in movies and tv and like sort of cynical i guess but i also guess practical because like what do you do if you're like weeks into shooting and the two leads despise each other like it's fine it's fine with the movie like Mad Max Fury Road because like the tension between like Charlize and Tom Hardy like they don't have a sex scene it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and it like adds to their established relationship but yeah I can imagine loathing someone and then having to kiss them would probably suck yeah 
Yeah. It, it was interesting reading about how, like, um, Polson, like, you know, like, recut the scene, I think, based on, like, what Erica Christensen was asking. And that's, like, kind of nice to know, like, I mean, you hear, like, it's interesting to have, like, uh, there's the Sean Bean discourse now where it's, like, he's talking about, like, oh, I don't know if we need intimacy just coordinators. It's like, no, this is exactly why you need intimacy coordinators. Yes. It's, like, to make sure actors are comfortable and feeling safe on sets. And, yeah. You know, taking their requests uh it's really it's really funny too because i love the idea that at your job you could just like spontaneously do something to another coworker and like it's fine what that doesn't work in any profession (laughs) i can't spontaneously like physically touch someone at work and like it's cool but uh but yeah i did like reading that like the director sort of took her thoughts into account and that it felt somewhat collaborative and it's always nice sort of knowing that about these movies because you do also have the horror stories about like directors who insist upon like not simulated sex in films and there's yeah. always that like uh potential dark side. So for like a teenage movie where they weren't teenagers but they were all like pretty young, that's reassuring to know. So mm-hmm. yeah, so like Madison crashes into school, right? We see her oh, yeah. like putting on lip yeah. balm. She just like rolls in late, and that uh, actually would have been amazing if she crashed her car into the school. That would have been great. Out. Yeah, <laughs> just strolled in as if it was like a normal thing to do. Yeah, do you guys not do this in this part of wherever <laughs> yeah. you are? Um, <laughs> I think it's New Jersey, right? It was filmed in New Jersey, but I don't know. It, it is supposed to be New Jersey too, right? Right, because when me... when they get out and he almost uh, runs her over and he's picking up all of her stuff, he has a New Jersey license plate, which mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But it took me forever. Sorry, just real quick. Oh, I'm sorry, it... Kevin. I interrupted. No, no, no. You. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, it did take me forever to find out where they were because it, you know they're talking about well, I'm gonna be in Rhode Island and you're gonna be in California. That's three thousand mm-hmm. miles away. And I was like, wait, where are they? And I think it takes like over an hour for there to be like an establishing shot where New York City is like in the distance or something uh-huh. and i was like oh okay like i think i even had to google it i'm like are they in new jersey yeah okay yeah and then so. Ma- uh madison is supposed to be from uh, south, uh like the south or whatever because clank crawford has that line it's like i want to hear that southern accent it's like but like i don't hear any trace of a southern accent at all none it is funny that all of the men in this movie are just fucking idiots like that's yeah, so him especially. Time. He is yeah. pitch perfect as a yeah. Just and a also, who just who moron. just yeah, who just sits around for like five ten minutes and just like so. There's this new girl. I've heard that she's from here. She does this. Um, yeah. I believe that she likes to do this as well. Like, uh, like, aren't you guys supposed to be? Isn't Dana Dea supposed to be whipping your ass to be in the pool? Why do you mm-hmm. care so much about this? Come on. Mm-hmm. But also, what's so funny about like high school movies is like I don't think any of them have a real sense of how large high schools are. No. Yeah. It's it's yeah. their little group. Yeah. That's it. It's just that's that, it. and that's true, right? Like you have a oh, friend yeah. group in your high school. Like my high school is huge. I think there were like eight hundred people in our graduating class. Um, yeah. Then you had maybe a group of like five, ten, twenty friends. But it's so funny to start it off with like, "There's this one new girl <laughs> in my New Jersey high school." New Jersey is not like obsolete. Like it is. No. Yeah. a lot yeah. of people live there. Mm. <laughs> It's also a movie in which nobody goes to class or has any homework at all. Like, I mean, I guess, I guess it, it is kind of a plus because then we didn't get like some fat scene of like 
well, let's read Lolita in class today, and then how does it relate to the plot of this movie? Uh, sure. I guess, yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. I guess that's a plus, but it was funny to me where I was just like, apparently school is just a place where people hang out. It <laughs> is. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is. Plus, we have people going to school in, like, the faculty, so did we really need it? In this that's movie. true. That's true. Oh, that was a high school favorite of mine. Yeah, the faculty no, is I... great. It was streaming on HBO month, HBO Max, like a couple months ago, and it was just such a joy to revisit. <laughs> I work at the um, Coolidge Corner Theater in Brookline, and we had a midnight showing of it um, right before the pandemic began. And I saw it with a bunch of friends, and we all realized that we all had some sort of sexual awakening as kids based on one 100%. different member of that cast. Everyone had a different member of the cast that they were like, "Oh, oh, wow, okay." Things are <laughs> yeah. happening that I don't yeah, quite understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the faculty, the faculty was great. Uh, shout out to Josh Hartnett, who I, you know, I think deserves more than oh, what yeah. he currently has. And uh, he didn't deserve Hollywood Homicide. This is true. <laughs> I mean, the other thing too is that like his big comeback was supposed to be that Guy Ritchie movie that is now in like permanent limbo. Oh yeah, the yeah. one with like him and Aubrey Plaza and Jason oh, Statham. Right. Because, mm-hmm. like, the distributor, I think, is, like, going under. So they don't, right. they haven't released it yet. And I think he's an Oppenheimer. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. he was on Penny Dreadful for a few seasons. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Pe- like he was good. very good on Penny Dreadful. And that was sort of the thing that I was just like, where, like, where did Josh Hartnett go? It sort of yeah. felt like Ashton Kutcher replaced Josh Hartnett. And that was, like, a cultural downgrade mm-hmm. for us <laughs> yeah. as a people. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, yeah. like, the last thing I saw him in was either, like, like, in theaters when he when these movies were out were like the black dahlia or lucky number seven mm-hmm. and then yeah ashton kutcher fever did take over the nation after that because what happens in vegas and killers yeah killers oh my god wow killers yeah um, although i guess ashton kutcher also was around during that because he had the butterfly effect which jesus oh yeah uh, yeah yeah like uh, they definitely were like a collective like it felt like in terms of like our tall brunette actors like they yeah. were coming up at the same time but it always felt like Hartnett was like willing to go darker than Ashton was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I then mean, we just sort of moved away from darker movies as. Well, yeah. Him Hollywood. doing Butterfly Effect was like, wow, he's in a dark movie. It's like Josh Barnett had been, been doing that. Yeah. And like Ashton yeah. didn't do more of those. No. Right? Like, it's like he just no. then went like the rom com uh, route. He could have because the butterfly effect made money and like as a yeah. teenager that movie was like that movie was hot when I was a teenager. I do and remember got people being weirdly yes. yeah, I do remember people being weirdly into that. But I will yeah. say that Josh wins because he was in Virgin Suicides and that's better than oh, he's great in that. Yeah. Anything he, yeah. Ash has yeah. ever done. His haircut yes. in Halloween H two O is pretty pretty iconic. Oh, I loved Dan Mecca's tweets about how he tried to have that Josh Hartnett H two O haircut <laughs> and shared actual photos of it. <laughs> I was, I was just like, there's some things you don't say in public, sir. <laughs> it's just, it's um, such a we- it's just, it's choppy, but like in a way that I don't understand. It sort of defies gravity. Uh, but I'm going <laughs> to Google it and look at it while we continue talking about Swim Fan. Um, I thought it was interesting in the commentary, which they, they really didn't say anything of note, but it was, it sounded like they were having a good time. Mm-hmm. Is that um, they took out a lot of the, uh, very obvious like she's a bad girl type of uh, needle drop type of things like because the scene in the hallway where he opens her locker that was going to have like a kind of musical bed to it and it's just dead silence and also like the Hmm. 
the before the before the sex scene where he's just doing laps it's just complete silence and i noticed mm-hmm. that a lot after listening to the commentary and i was like i gotta give him props for that it actually gives it actually you know it, it's a very interesting way to not just very obviously tell the audience about it but then like it does open with like when uh ben is living a semi-charmed life he's like you know strum he's like tapping along to music on the guitar and the music is like all in all it was a good day <laughs> it's like okay, yeah like, <laughs> the sunny sun dappled suburbia i'm like okay i get it movie it's yeah like, yeah the opening opening titles rule man yeah. yeah i mean but we've also gone so far down that like every scene has a soundtrack way of filmmaking for it's which great. i blame todd phillips that i appreciate <laughs> some silence right i mean hangover every scene in hangover had like a pop uh-huh. song accompanying yeah. it yeah. uh and i just think that that's a lot of like streaming netflix movie making as well so i'll relish the silence that's fine and yeah. sw- and i also think that it helps for swimming too because swimming is such a solitary activity that mm-hmm. i sort of like just the rhythm of like someone cutting through the water someone breathing like there is a sort of concentration to swimming that i think is the movie is beneficial when madison arrives and like breaks that concentration right and Mm -hmm, that does mm -hmm. sort of go back to the opening scene of like we're cutting her into their sex scene like she is messing up their established routine and their established flow and having silence i think helps accentuate that um Mm -hmm. but yeah so okay so she she arrives right she's bad we immediately know she's bad uh how do we how do we feel about her like seductive methods we laughed at how bad he is at standing up to them but are they like good i can never figure out if she's actually good at this or if he Um, is just weak i don't know like during the the big diner scene which is their most probably the most like dialogue heavy scene where she's um you know just or he's just like i have something to say she's like you have a girlfriend yes i do and then she says something like i should probably take you home or something like that and she's or wait no she said something about playing cello and she's just like i can go out of my body and nothing can hurt me or whatever and she was and he's like do you ever feel like you want to escape she was like yeah but not now right now i like where i am and he's just like <laughs> yeah. i could t- i should take you home and then she was just like i have an idea what we can do and he's just like okay that sounds good flattery and that. flattery and nudity <laughs> basically yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> her core tools <laughs> to get mm-hmm. him to do what she wants yeah i yeah. mean i do i do like that scene because it does actually feel i think she walks a very good line in her performance between being conniving which the movie of course has already telegraphed that she's going to be and also being vulnerable like i believe that she actually enjoys playing cello i do believe that it is a safe haven for her it's also just an emotion that she is weaponizing to seduce him right yeah oh yeah definitely yeah um then right after yeah and then right after that it goes right into gear there is a nice shot where he drops her off and there's like good 20 seconds of silence of her just watching his car Mm -hmm. move with yeah that's really good but then the next day there's a party at amy's house and then madison has already introduced herself to to amy and is right starting to get more and more creepy and then she says i left my underwear in your car while amy is going to the car to move it who hasn't who hasn't done that 
I know, I know. Um, but there's a very funny sh- shot when Amy is coming out to get to, and Ben like interrupts her, and she's just like, "Yes, yes, hello, yes." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, oh, oh, it's it's been acting up lately. I'll move it." And I was like, "It's been acting up. You just need to back it up, sir." But sure. Yeah. Didn't you also? Yeah, didn't yeah, you seriously. just like drive around with her? <laughs> like, weren't you? I, yeah. I don't understand. You drove to the party. One other thing that I noticed this time around, Amy apparently doesn't have parents. <laughs> like, no. like, she says they're gone on, they've gone on vacation. Oh, yeah. right. And, and okay. Clank Crawford has the scene where he's like saying, mm, there's going to be a party and everything. And, uh, Did they yeah. go on vacation and just never come back? Because like, yeah. even towards the end, it's like you'd think her parents would be concerned well, about her getting kidnapped and everything. That is, that is true. Uh, I think it's like, I think it's only it's like a be. week. The worst yeah. week of yeah. this kid's life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, um, this is like a thing that movies are bad at, right? They're also yeah. bad at telling you how much time has passed. But I thought may- maybe max two weeks? Maybe? Sure. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, because it's like sort of a whirlwind from like when she arrives to when she starts sleeping with the other guy to than like tightening her hold on bradford or whatever right but i think it's like parents going on vacation for two weeks i think is sort of normal leaving your teenage daughter maybe not so normal yeah (laughs) yeah i don't because i I do remember dana day at the star where he says scouts are coming next week so yes yeah so we don't we don't we don't know how long next week is, but we do see when the scouts come, and then it's probably a day or two after that is when yes. everything ends. So but... let's say, like, max two weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Her parents Her parents decided to just take another week and didn't tell her. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then... Also, one other okay, thing about, about the party scene is it's funny how, like, Kevin and Charlie and I, we were, like, texting about... Um, the, the, the color palette this movie almost all of it is blue and it's like as if like they were just like this movie's about water cool i'm gonna make every scene blue even like <laughs> yep. the inside yep. of amy's bathroom looks like an aquarium and yep. everything. Yep. 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 <laughs> everything I mean, I, is yeah. the romeo and juliet aquarium scene yeah yes just, yes like, everything is yes. blue they really want you to be aware of it like we're just gonna hammer it home uh but i also i love high school parties and movies because like who has ever gone to a party that is like a high school movie party? They just nope. do not exist. I know, they don't it's, exist. It's usually like, if we go to my friend's room and be really quiet, I've got like half a bottle of something, and I think we'll be good. <laughs> All the high school parties I went to when I started drinking underage were just disgusting. Just the, yeah, just the like, most it's filthy... Either, it's either really lame and something that I would enjoy. Like, it's either like watching Fight Club in your bedroom with like three friends, which was yeah. my 16th birthday party, or nice. it's, like, yeah. it's like a scuzzy, disgusting, everything smells, and someone already threw oh, up party. I, the first party I ever went to, there were bins on the floor in a basement that literally said puke in me in them. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like, that's the, and people did. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the divide. It's not yeah. this, like, beautiful, your parents are, like, very well-off doctors or whatever, and you're doing mm-hmm. this in, like, your beautiful home. Uh, I say that. However, I did actually go to school with someone who is the daughter of a much-hated New York Times columnist, and she often threw parties that I did not attend because she was younger than me. But I often heard that they were sort of that sense of, like, everything in here costs a lot of money and we're still going to get fucked up. So I guess they do exist, just not in my personal Well, that reminds me of the party in Can't Hardly Wait where... uh... 
Um, I forget, I forget her name, but she's just going around. Hey, everybody, you got to use the coaster. There's this and there's mm -hmm. this. And, and yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say probably the best high school party is the 10 things I hate about you, Julia Stiles, oh, dancing course. on the table. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, I think that's the best. But every 90s, early aughts teen movie had a party uh, with varying degrees of realism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So the party is happening. The underwear scene is actually well shot and well done. Yeah. There's some solid tension there. I mean, do we really feel like Sherry Appleby had anything to do in this movie? No. 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 no but I. But I can tell that. Like I. I think she's trying. Like I think she's I think trying. She, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I think yeah. she's good. I watched Roswell at the time. I just think that ah. it's like there's no space for her to actually have. A personality no and, she, and, and she's not allowed to really have any fun which is kind of a bummer <laughs> the one scene where she i feel like she brings like kind of like a bit of color to her line reads is like when uh she's like having the talk with uh ben on the uh on the on the benches on like the stair steps and she's like saying i know that you know and then she says like i know you're just like worried about like my like what we were talking about the other day everything's fine or whatever and then she says that's my little speech and like sort of googles but it's like oh that's kind of nice like that feels like a nice like just sort of like human bit of like relief and like a, a, a very rote conversation right? yeah it feels very rich. she might be the only person who actually acts like a person yes. oh yeah in this film because oh, like yeah. that's not what madison is gonna do like that's not what the role is and then i think bradford it's funny because we are comparing this so much to fatal attraction i i like jesse bradford i think he's fine but it makes me appreciate so much more what Michael Douglas brought to all of those movies. Oh, yeah. You know, and I don't know if it's just like a matter of age, like when you're doing it with teenage characters, if there's sort of like less personality to the characters because they're so young, or if there's less that you know these actors from, so there isn't as much that you're sort of projecting on their performance as well. Uh, but just going back and thinking about, like, Douglas in this genre and what he brought to it mm. is so different from, like, Cruel Intentions or this movie. Oh, yeah. Or just any of the teen movies that tried to do it. It's like, I do think that's an inherent shortcoming. As fun as these movies are, I yeah. do think that's the inherent, like, mm, there's something about this that doesn't feel as well-developed, and I just think it's because they're all so young. One oh, thing yeah. that one thing that always sticks with me about Fatal Attraction that I can't think of many other erotic thrillers doing, even though Fatal Attraction is so influential, that makes it more complicated before it becomes a bit of a cartoon at the end, is when Glenn Close starts going too far, Michael Douglas first calls the cops, the cops can't do anything, but then... After the bunny is boiled, he approaches Ann Archer and was like, I think I know who did this. It was that woman who came to our house the other day. And she goes, what, did you have an affair with her? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm always like, I like, it does give us a little more sympathy for him for him to just be like, look, I fucked up. And of course, yeah. Ann Archer says, get out of the house. But like, Jesse Bradford has so many opportunities to just admit this to Shuri Appleby, and he doesn't. And it's like, well, yeah, dude, you kind of deserve it at this point, <laughs> like, and, you know? Like, the other thing, too, with Fatal Attraction is, like, I feel like that movie sells... I think it's because, like, Douglas is so good at playing sleazebags, but that movie, I think, sells the progression from him just being, like, kind of, like, a, a careless asshole who's, like, saying, like, all right, fuck off, I don't, I don't want to see you anymore, to then, like, straight up attacking Glenn Close. That movie, like... And, like, when, whereas when this movie has the scene where Jesse Bradford, like, tries to choke 
Erica Christensen, it doesn't. I don't know that like I buy that that his, that his character would like take that turn because I yeah. guess like the movie just doesn't really have much of a personality to him. I mean, yeah. it, it's like tries to like glom on like these background details like oh I had a drug situation and my dad cheated on my mom and I didn't the the, the dad cheating on the mom thing that he reveals at the end. It's like oh that's like kind of an interesting idea for a movie like you know becoming the thing that you said you wouldn't want to be in the thing that you hate. But like it's literally like thirteen minutes left. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 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 Like if here. those like, things had come earlier. It would give you a greater sense of like who he was, but you're right. There isn't that sort of ingrained. Like I wish we knew from the beginning to what degree of a fuck up he was. <laughs> which, yeah, which is yeah. not to say that like quote unquote like good quote unquote normal people cannot also like break under pressure or make mistakes sure. that they're not proud of or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I do also think that just life is sort of being unpredictable in a way that you don't even understand about yourself but in the last act of the movie it does sort of feel just from like a writing filmmaking perspective that we're getting these explanations to like justify what we've seen Mm -hmm. rather than really complement what's already been established you could have even had a scene like a throwaway line for the mom being like oh your father's trying to get back in touch with me or something yeah anything like yeah but but instead it's like they were like halfway through filming and they were like, what if we just made, what if we threw this in there just to make it like a little like, and, and they're yeah, slightly yeah, yeah, sure, more sure. believable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the party happens. Bradford is still like doing whatever. Do we just fast forward to the kidnapping? Like the important oh, I, part I mean, of the yes, film? But also there's the fantasticness of her, obsessively uh i am in him as oh i forgot 86. about the i am yeah. yes the web and the, then like paging board. him yes yes the and he, and... naked photos oh yes of course um yes. and then he um on a school li- at a school library computer no less that oh, is yeah. very accurate because I do feel <laughs> like everyone was always trying to do some sus shit on those computers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always watched Homestar Runner on those computers if oh. you remember that flash animation. Yes, of that's course. so that's yeah. adorable. This this movie was like, you know what we're gonna do on these computers? Porn. That's <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't and then he can't close the window when Sherry Appleby shows up. Okay. Oh. Also relatable, though, because the dial-up connection, it would freeze your computer. So that's also believable. Yeah. But it, it's like five seconds to close the computer. The scene, like, yeah. it seems like it's going to drop the, the monitor. and it happens really quickly. Yeah. yeah, it's, it made me think of, um, it was a year later, but it made me think of the scene in Out of Time where Denzel Washington is trying to stop the, <laughs> the, the fax from, from coming in. It's like, you know, it's like closing his monitors and also like unplugging the printer. So I'm like, oh yeah, it didn't come through properly. We have to print it again. <laughs> the, the way that it slowly the pic, uh, unpixelates itself too, it almost looks yeah. like, I don't know why, but I was like, is this like, it makes me think of like Harrison Ford and Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Like, doing a, like research like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, it made me think Exactly. <laughs> The computer in hand, yeah. It also yeah. just made me think of Hackers, which... Oh, also, yeah. Which also which has Jesse Bradford. Bradford. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesse Bradford was, like... He was supposed to be, like, a dork in that one, right? Well, because he was so young. I mean, yeah. I, I think he was, like, 12 or 13 in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, I read an interview with him where he said, like, he'd been acting since he was eight months old. He was in, like, a Q-tip commercial when yeah. he was a kid. And it's, like, he would just, like, be a kid in movies. And Yeah. 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 I... 
love Steven Soderbergh, but I actually have never seen King of the Hill. He's I, great. Oh, now. wow. Yeah, you should get all yeah. that. Yeah, funny that he and Christensen have both worked with Soderbergh. That's, that, that was a connection yeah. I thought of. They, um, they did talk about that in the commentary because they were talking about, like, um, oh, on this movie we had, like, two or three cuts and then bradford was just like i think i think soderbergh i don't think he did many cuts and she was like no not really so hmm. yeah. so they have that connection but yes uh the obsession starts to start um she uh put steroids in his urine which i'm very curious on how that happened i don't know how that happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> like she I, i'm pretty sure he when he breaks into her house she has like steroids or something like that but how she got that who know um and then yeah, and then that happens. He gets kicked off the team. He thinks uh, Josh is involved of it. There's the amazing scene where Madison and Josh are making out, and she says his name is Ben. He goes, uh, my name's not Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and this is like, that's pretty great. And then, that but great. then his kiss off line is like saying, hey, you know what? Screw you. Screw you. How about that? And it's like, it's not really much of a. a it's not that line. impressive. It's not yeah. that good. I got I, something I, to tell you. Get out of here. I also think her delivery in the trailer and in the context of the film of her going, get back here is so funny. It's It's so so funny. But the the editing in that scene, we haven't brought it up, but Sarah Flack edited this, who also edited the Limey and also edited Blair Witch 2. So two classics. Um, There's apparently in the commentary, they were saying while she was editing it, that it just had a random jump cut Mm -hmm. and they were just, she was like, oh my bad. And he was just like, hold on. We're gonna, we might well want to try that and also do it some more. And then it's very Limey-esque, which yeah. talking about swim fan is kind of yeah. funny. But And then, <laughs> yeah, there's the scene where he's swimming afterwards after they have sex and it's, he's going in and out of the water and it's it's like a tinge of remembering the sex scene and stuff like that. It just has actually like pretty interesting editing because even given a movie like this, she still knows how to edit the shit out of it. Yeah. But yeah, that has that, it has that very long going around the car and then she any any time uh that her and ben are talking and she's he's like i'm with amy and then it'll do like another uh uh a take of it where he says amy again and she's like looking around and then it'll be like Zzzz, and then it'll mm-hmm. cut again it's just it's kind of mm-hmm. silly but it's kind of kind of inspired i kind of well like and it. there are two sequences that are really good in terms of like how they're edited and shot i do think that the first sex scene is really good because yeah. we do have the long follow of like Bradford uh, and the and Eric Christensen as they get in the pool, and that sort of does a good job uh, with like long takes and sort of building whatever yeah. tension that is between them. And I'm am I also remembering that like it, in the hospital, is doesn't Eric Christensen go to the hospital to like yes. maybe kill off mm. Sherry Appleby? Yes, because she ran her off the road. Yeah, but she's fine, and she's yeah. trying to. Yeah, I think yeah. she's trying to finish her off, and I think there's like a dolly move in there. Oh, with like yes. the intercom with shot. The, That's yeah. the intercom. Yep. Yeah, yeah that with was the intercom, and like that was also so like. There were also a couple moments in this movie where I was like, y'all knew what you were doing. Like, this was perhaps yeah. unintentional, campy trash. But from a technical perspective, you had a grasp of, like, what to do. But yeah, those two moments stick out to me. And yeah, the editing, how often we get these, like, double cuts. Almost mm-hmm. like we're in Madison's head as she's trying to, like, reprocess everything through her own mm-hmm. perspective. I mean, it is, you know, there is... There is stuff there to talk about, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, all right, so then the kidnapping, right? So then she, like, goes to the hospital, 
she gets Shiri Appleby and she brings her back to the pool. No, what no? First, what first happens is um because she's been the thing that we maybe should like briefly go back to is that yeah. she's been living with her cousin who named oh, Dante. Yeah. Dante. Who, yeah. I guess yeah. I like, talked about Dante. I think he, yeah. I think he's yeah. deaf because I think you see him wearing a hearing aid or he has like some sort of this, um, uh, some sort Hearing of disability, disability yeah. There. yeah. Um, and she's really mean to him, saying like, yes. "Do you have company, Dante?" Oh no, of course not, because that would mean you'd have friends she's or something. So yeah. Yeah. And, and he's the one who like gives uh Bradford like the information, like the the photos of like the ex boyfriend and everything that she put in the hospital and put on life support. Who was like a baseball prospect, and he takes him to the hospital to work there. And uh, and then what happens is Bradford takes the ex boyfriend's high school letterman jacket, jacket. letterman yeah. jacket yes. puts it on dante and then he lures uh, her out into like the parking garage where like ben confronts her with a scalpel and he's like saying oh you don't think i'm gonna kill someone what's one more and like it's like oh, that's yeah. where bradford's yeah. straining a little bit i think and then one of the friends that bradford has like is videotaping the whole thing and then i'm like thinking okay so i guess the movie's not over yet because if that's the ending that's not that's pretty anticlimactic and then uh-huh. christensen while she's being like taken in by the cops, she like because the cops are like just dumb dumbs who like spill their coffee on like paperwork and everything. Have their that. gun on. Also, un- why is why is there a cop in the back seat with her? I have no <laughs> idea. I have no <laughs> idea. And his that's gun not is just procedure. Yeah. That's not yeah. correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's very yeah. funny. Yeah, and then the cruiser like comes by like the house and everything. There's like a door doorbell that rings and. Ben, like, takes the longest time to go downstairs and, like, answer the door and, like, looks around. It's like, hmm, where is everyone? And then he goes back up to his room and finds... Then he goes into the kitchen and finds his mom knocked out. Yeah, I had totally forgotten the, like, the sequence of events. But, yes, there are a couple of, like, twists. Oh, yeah. He kills, like, all of those cops. (laughs) I even got really confused at one point because where do they go when she runs Amy off the road? even though I just watched this movie, like, last night. Because they go somewhere. Mm. And then it was like, people are saying, you did it. You ran Amy off the road. And I was like, wait, what? she was wearing a hat and was, yeah. and was driving yeah. his car. But but then yeah. I was like, wait, how did they think... Where did he... It wasn't his car, was it? And then I went, yeah. wait, uh-huh. they left somewhere and left his car there at yeah. her house? I yeah. was like, what? <laughs> I had to go back and rewind it. I was like, why would they do that? <laughs> I mean, I can sort of understand the rationale there. But, like, he's, she's done so much stuff, and then he just, like, leaves the car. Yeah, and I think that's house. the bigger issue here, is that because, <laughs> like, like why would you trust the, that? the writing for Bradford's character is just sort of hollow. So it's just, like, things are happening... Because he doesn't make choices that make sense, rather than in, like, a fatal attraction or a basic instinct or whatever, where, like, he's still sort of, the main male character sort of has agency, and she's, like, sort of outsmarting him. With this, Bradford's just a moron, and so she's able to, like, run roughshod over, like, what an absolute idiot he is. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, One of my favorite line readings, and then we'll talk about the ending um is uh whenever he's talking to his mom and she's like are you doing drugs again and he was like would you believe me if i said no and blah 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 and he goes what i need is for everybody to leave me alone so i can get my life back <laughs> i love it i love yeah. you know who hasn't felt that way leave me alone okay. mom yeah <laughs> can we also talk about the fact that he is apparently working as a nurse he's someone who has had is problems with drugs as a nurse or is he just he... like a like an aide 
I yeah, don't know, like volunteer. I guess volunteer. he, he, he has a he has a history of drug abuse, and he's like got a but job where he's just handing out there. drugs. Yeah, yeah I guess they gave but... him the benefit of the doubt until yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like this is one of those like we're supposed to believe that this is a small town, and so I think like if we're supposed Very to believe so. that this is a small town and like she's the only new kid or whatever, then yeah, I could see his like doctor mom or whatever pulling strings to get him a aid yeah. position. Also, that old man that he treats is, like, every line out of his mouth is so perverted. <laughs> We're just like, how you doing today? Ah, just give me a Viagra and a nurse under 70. I'm just like, Jesus. <laughs> but, he, but Ben isn't very nice to him, too. He says, like, and he says, like, I don't think I'd be able to find anyone in your age bracket who's still alive or whatever. It's like, you don't need to rub it in or whatever. <laughs> I, I will also say that when he gives him the bad, when she mixes up the drugs and he gives him the bad drugs and he just walks out and you immediately hear, beep, I cackled so hard last night. <laughs> It he is immediately, immediately almost died. He yeah. immediately <laughs> almost dies. It's just <laughs> okay. So Amy gets uh, gets kidnapped from their house, and then he's driving, trying to find out where she is. And then he gets a page that says "Want to go for a dip?" And then he spins out in the middle of the road and goes there. And then Eric Christensen is uh, playing for not only the cheap seats but the people in the parking lot during the scene, where she is just hollering, just uh, "Oh, it's so good!" and Amy's uh, Amy's chained up to the to the chair. She throws him in. She throws her in. And how does he get her uncuffed? Because he has the air pin that he used to uh, unlock her uh, Madison's locker at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. So thank God he met Madison. Comes full circle. Yeah. 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 If he never would have cheated on her, he never would have saved his girlfriend. You know what? It's Uh, (laughs) yeah. Sure. Sure. He had to cheat in order to save. So. Chekhov's hairpin. That's the thing that's foreshadowed, but then there's all these other details in the movie. I, I'm sorry if I'm going back, but like it's funny how like we get like two scenes of him feeding the dog, and I thought like just like with these kind of movies, I feel like pets are often like collateral At damage. Risk. Like it's, like, yeah. it's yeah. like single white female, the dog gets thrown off the balcony. I thought like is like the dog gonna get poisoned? Is that why we're seeing him feeding the dog all the time? So it's like no, no, feeding he just dog. likes to feed the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I don't know if it was laid on thick whenever she gets into the pool and she's like, I can't swim. Can you teach me? And I I feel like if with this type of movie, they would have nailed that down a lot more at the end when he, you know, throws her in and she obviously can't swim. So I give it that, I guess, uh, her, her trying to, uh, just bludgeon both of them with like a, with a, (laughs) what is it? It's like a, it's like a pool net or a lacrosse stick. I don't know. Yeah. It's like like, a pool net or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So funny. I also expected her to have one more, <gasps> and then Ann Archer to shoot her in the head after that. But <laughs> I do like that while you get the shot of after Brad uh, after Ben saves Amy, like he's performing CPR, and you can hear in the background like the splashing is like uh, Madison's like trying to like you know dog paddle and everything, and then it eventually just sort of fades on the soundtrack. It's like oh yep she, she's yeah. d- dead, and like that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I yeah. do like the commentary he, uh, the director John Paulson said, he was just like, yeah, once she's dead, it's done. They wanted me to like kind of give like five ten minutes. Of, oh, they're gonna be all right. And it's just like once she's dead, the movie's done. So we just had a quick <laughs> shot of him at a swim meet, being like, man, I used to do that, and then I'm gonna drive off with Amy, and it doesn't look like we're all the way back together, but we are together, so that's cool. And then it, it just does, ends. It, it ends super abruptly. It ends like it's so mid abrupt. handhold. He like. 
holds her hand, goes to kiss it, and then I think it's like, but like cuts to like the end credits. It's, yeah, I, like, you know, up. it's funny like revisiting movies from the '90s. It feels like abrupt endings were just a thing of the time. Yeah, like I, it's the story's over. Like we don't need to like, yeah. wrap it up. Like I was rewatching Dolores Claiborne, and that also no. has like a very like abrupt like okay we're done ending. Yeah. But it was funny to speak to Erica about the possibility of their being a sequel because i i think the movie leaves it open do we do we definitively end on her being dead i feel like we don't do we it's like the anything, bubbles but... there's like they look out and there's like the little bubbles like whoop, 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 like coming and then like her right. body just sinks down i mean okay. unless like she can hold her breath really well or whatever yes yeah. Unless we had one more, like, look into the pool and she's gone. But I always think about how, like, <laughs> That we... would have been amazing. Yeah. That would have been so funny. Like, that would have been, like, Soul Survivors. That would have been great, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I feel like if we were able to retcon, like, Ian Malcolm, who was clearly dead at the end of Jurassic Park, into mm-hmm. being alive, oh, yeah. then, you know, like, Madison could still be out there. Just, like, biding her time, chilling, waiting. Yeah. yeah. Uh Roxanne, you got to go. We're going to uh, nerdy it up some more. But um, cool. we uh, we uh, really uh, would want to recommend that you watch uh, Soul Survivors. Okay, um, okay, okay. Um, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, it has uh, Liza Dushku. It has uh, who oh, else is in God. it? Oh, God. Uh, oh, Sage Moore. Casey yeah, Affleck. Oh, yeah. this, this cast Wilson sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm not Luke even... Wilson as a priest. Sounds it's great. terrible, but no, please it sounds watch it. fantastic. I mean, Eliza, perfect. Wes Bentley. Oh, she's so, amazing. Anna. So thankful that he beat heroin and is now yeah. like back yes. at it. And then the less said about Casey Affleck and how he's disappointed me, the better. So, yeah, well, he yeah. dies in the movie. So okay, that's at the, fine. At the start, yeah. so it's you're fine. I that's know. fine. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. Thanks so much yeah. for having me, you guys. I appreciate it. Oh, oh it yeah. Thank yeah. you so 1, much for Yeah, of course. Thank you so of much. Of course. All right, until next time. Okay, uh, let's get back into it. Uh, yeah, since we only had an hour with her, I wasn't going to do the directed by, starring by, all of that. Just, I just of wanted course. to get as much talking with her as we could. Of course. Yeah. Um, directed by John Paulson. Uh, prior, he acted in Mission Impossible 2. Do you guys remember him in that movie? I do not. He plays... I looked it up on IMDb. It could be wrong, but he was like fifth build? Second, sixth build? Something like that? Um, really? He, I mean, yeah. there are Australians in that movie, like Richard Roxburgh is like the henchman whose face is stolen by Tom Cruise at the end of the movie. But like, naturally, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember he's, him in that. He's six billed as Billy Baird. Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, build above Brandon Gleason. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, I've only seen the movie like twice. I don't remember it. But prior to this, he directed Slam Sundance, Sun- Sunset, Slam Sunset in 1999. After this, directed Charlie's favorite movie, Hide and Seek from 2005. <laughs> um, a movie I saw on my 14th birthday with a bunch of friends. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he uh, now directs and produces television, including Law & Order Organized Crime episodes this year. So he's out here with the Law & Orders. I will say it was funny reading um, one of the Erica Christensen interviews where she talked about like, you know, oh, John was like such a great director. I was so excited to work with him. And then just was like, oh, were you like a big Slam sun- slam Sunset fan or something? <laughs> <laughs> it, it does seem on their commentary that they all had a good time and he seemed like a good director and they had a that's, good time. That's very nice. Yeah. 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 Um, written by Charles F. Bowl 
and Philip Schneider. They've really not done anything else. Uh, starring Jesse Bradford as Ben Cronin. I thought it was interesting how Amy is the only one that doesn't, they don't say her last name, but you see her last name when she's admitted into the hospital or whatever. But everybody's just like, oh, Ben Cronin and Madison Bill. How are you doing, Madison Bill and Ben Cronin? You know. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing that I find like really obnoxious in some teen movies. It's like saying the, the letter is for swimming, Madison Bell. I'm like, did teenagers really like call each other by like their full names? I'm like, that, that just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it sounds so clunky whenever people try to do that. Like, it's. It was either the first name or the last name. I definitely had friends who called me Nash or friends where I called them by their last name, but not not both. Yeah. 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 And they wouldn't be like, oh, what's your name? And you say your first and last name. That's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, Bradford, prior to this, uh, King of the Hill, 1993, which we talked about, Romeo and Juliet, 1996, Bring It On in 2000, the same year as Swim Fan was in Clockstoppers, um, uh, another childhood favorite of mine. After this, a nine-episode stint on The West Wing. He was in uh, Flags of Our Fathers in 2006, and Bringing It Up Again, 17 episodes on the Shooter Television adaptation. Oh, wow. Which I we've all seen. Existed. Yeah, every episode. <laughs> what what was that on? Was that on Stars? or TNT, showtime i have no fucking idea wow <laughs> tnt was just that was like that was a movie we'll make a tv show about it shooter snowpiercer maybe animal kingdom <laughs> yeah oh, right lethal weapon crash they made us they made a tv show about crash that was <laughs> crash was stars, stars lethal weapon was fox i believe uh, yeah. which, I had, asked... which you know who was on lethal weapon huh. playing crawford oh yeah oh, of course <laughs> which he was. got fired off of because he was a fucking asshole who put people's lives at risk but yeah oh huh, okay um i should have just asked my dad my dad would have been like it's on fox what are you talking about i've seen every episode yeah um erica christensen as madison bell prior to this an episode of freaky links do y'all remember that no, what is that? It was a year after the Blair Witch Project. One of the creators was Greg Hill, which was a producer on the Blair Witch Project. And it's like, in the plot description, it's like, this is a uh, uh, sequel adaptation kind of thing to the Blair Witch Project where um, Ethan Embry's brother dies, but then he finds him on the internet to find that he's not dead. Oh, I watched this when it aired because of the Blair Witch um, connection, and all of the episodes are on YouTube, and I will probably go through it. Is it good? Oh. Like, this sounds maybe kind of I, interesting. I don't know. It, it was 22 years ago. Holy I was just shit. Like, Not to backtrack, but Clean Crawford was also on the TV show Rectify, which I fucking loved. Oh, yeah. that's really good. I gotta check that yeah, out. Yeah, I completely forgot. He's actually very good on that show. He's an asshole, which helps. Uh, but yeah, that was a much... A critical, critically beloved, uh, and justifiably so, uh, amazing series on the Sundance Network. I think that absolutely mm. nobody watched, but it's about um, uh, what's his name? A yeah, Aiden Young. It was on death row for twenty years for supposedly killing his girlfriend, and then uh, new evidence comes out that shows that he probably didn't do it, and it's him rehabilitating himself back into normal life. It's a downer for sure, but it is like one of the best shows of the past ten years. I really so. got oh, it. Yeah. It's on AMC Plus right now, so I'll check that out. It's fantastic. Hmm. Could not recommend it highly enough. Some of the best acting you'll ever see on any show, ever. And, um, how's that, how, so great. How's that stack up to the acting in Freaky Links? You don't know. You haven't seen Freaky <laughs> I, I Links. Um, <laughs> it's also funny. Freaky Links was uh, created by Greg Hill and also David S. Goyer, but his name isn't David S. Goyer on the created by. It's an anagram. It's really weird. Oh, wow. um, uh, David Yoger or something? <laughs> like, is that what it is? Like, it is. Let me pull it up. It's very funny, actually. Um, but also prior to this, Christensen was in uh, Traffic, of course. 
I, I was thinking, like, what if she just... This is like a semi-sequel to Traffic, where she just runs away from being the drug czar's daughter and just decides, you know what? <laughs> now that I'm sober, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have uh, some fun. <laughs> the, the pseudonym for David S. Goyer is Ricardo Festiva. Oh. Don't know Ricardo why. Festiva. Yeah, do not know why. Um, yeah, a TV show from the five-member Hacks and Films team collaborated with screenwriter David S. Goyer and the Puppet Masters about a webmaster who looks for the weirdness and shares it with his internet viewers. Hell yeah. Uh, back to Christensen. Uh, after this, The Perfect Score in 2004, which Bryden said was a masterpiece. Flight Plan in 2005. <laughs> I will watch The Perfect Score. I saw I it in theaters. It. I don't remember a thing about it. I texted Charlie. I said, like, when I was a kid, I wanted to see it so badly. And then, it, like, when I was in college, it was on Tubi, and I tried watching it and then turned it off, like, 30 minutes in. I was like, yeah. well. <laughs> I wanted to go see Return of the King for, like, the third time, and then I had a friend who wanted to see Perfect Score, and I was like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Flight Plan in 2005, which I did see in theaters, did not care Same. about. Uh, Epi- She's barely in that. She's kind of just like off mm-hmm. to the side most I, of the time i do not remember her in an uh, episode of law and order svu in 2008 the, the television show parenthood which she's on pretty much every episode and joined forces with soderbergh again and kimmy this year which she's bare she's barely in it she's mostly yeah. just a voice uh but yeah yeah um uh shirley appleby as amy miller prior to this an episode of freddy's nightmares in 1988 which is funny oh. uh roswell from 1999 to 2002 after this havoc in 2005 have y'all seen that Yes, I have not seen in high school. It's not good. Um, <laughs> I've heard it's wild. <laughs> Where it's uh it's like uh Joseph Gordon Levitt and uh is it Channing Tatum that are like Channing Tatum's gang like members? barely in it. Mike Vogel uh is like the, uh, oh, the main wow. guy and like he's like after he gets dissed by some like Latino guys, he tries to like go and kill him at the end or something like that. It's like that's it's really bad. And then there's like I don't know. It's not a, a very fun movie because there's like sexual violence and stuff. And oh, like, yeah. It's, like, not good. But like there is like a lot of like embarrassing scenes where it's like a bunch of white kids trying to like talk like with uh-huh. and go and it's like, geez, you think you're saying something. And it's like saying, oh, you know, parents, they just don't understand what's going on. And it's like, oh, well, okay. Smith told us this in 88. We already know that. Um, <laughs> she had two appearances on SVU. She was on a show called Unreal on Lifetime about making a reality show. And past and future guest Michael Snydell said that the first season is actually worth checking out. I was like, I've never heard of the show, but sure. <laughs> um, also, Kate Burton, Dana Dea, Jason Ritter, and playing top tier Jock Dick Clay Crawford uh trivia there wasn't much trivia i could find honestly erica christensen took cello lessons for three months she said it was extremely hard she said in the commentary she was like yeah i took the lessons but that's not me playing obviously (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i listened to the commentary track which wasn't very informative but it was nice everybody seemed to have a good time plus talking about making it so yeah um i didn't get to talk about that uh this was my first favorite movie and uh i do remember watching it renting it the day it came out and like i said my brother would not take me to the theaters because he thought it looked dumb and um i remember watching it and be like that's the best movie ever she dies at the end and he was like what the fuck i'm gonna watch it and i was just like you wouldn't even take me to the theater why do you care (laughs) i remember that i i have a friend who i work with uh, at the coolidge who um 
when she was a teenager and she would uh, sneak out of the house, she had like three VHS tapes and one of them was Swim Fan and she would always put Swim Fan on when she was sneaking out to <laughs> party and do drugs, which is awesome. <laughs> I've thought about that. So yeah, you've, you've mentioned this, I think, in, like, in private conversations we've had and that's, yeah. that's a great story. But it also makes me think that's like not the best movie to use as your cover because it's so short. It's so, so like, short. You have to like be running. It's like, shit, oh, the movie yeah. Sorry, Swim Fan, I gotta go back now. And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Your parents probably went to bed, but they were probably like on their way to bed, being like, "Oh, she's watching Swim Fan again, huh?" And then just like conking out for the night. Well, sh- should have done a DVD, so that they were just like, "She really loves that DVD menu of Swim Fan when that song repeats every twenty seconds." <laughs> I also, that. I was also talking to a friend at work. I think I texted you guys this, but it, no one on the show has heard it yet. Where I was talking about, yeah, I have to watch Swim Fan for the pod, and one of my friends just went, "Isn't that the movie with Charlotte Rampling?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you mean Swimming Pool? And I was like, that would be a completely different movie if Charlotte Rampling just shows up in high school. They all just assume she's a new girl in school. They hit Jesse Bradford and her have sex, and then it's Charlotte Rampling terrorizing Jesse Bradford and a bunch of teenagers for 80 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it also and that's like a Strangers with France. Candy situation where they're all like, yeah, you know, the new girl in high school. Like, uh-huh. you know. Well, it would be funny because we were also talking about how like some of the, how young or old some of the actors look in this, where it's like saying, "Oh, I guess Erica Christensen could pass for like playing the teenager." Meanwhile, like Jason Ritter, who's like twenty two, has like facial hair and looks like an adult, just like stuck in high school or whatever. And it's like just like kind of weird, like how everyone's like, and just like having gone, it's funny, like before like when i would watch teen movies before going to high school like i'd just be like oh, yeah this is like what teenagers look like and then i would go to high school and i'm like everyone's like fucking shrimp here they look like <laughs> yeah everybody's <laughs> four foot yeah. yeah yeah there's that one kid who's like i grew a beard over summer and everybody's like whoa yeah yeah um there's that funny scene wherever uh uh madison shows up when uh uh, Bradford is swimming and he like pokes his head out and he's like whoa because he like jump scares her and he, she's wearing like a red leather skirt and is making out with Josh to like get back at him or whatever and then and then after he does that Jason Ritter's like hi uh hey how's it going and then he walks out he doesn't go to the locker room he just walks out of the building <laughs> after yeah, talking to yeah. him he seems like it seems like he must have had some scenes on the cutting room floor Jason Ritter just seems too pronounced in the beginning uh... and he just doesn't do anything for the rest of the movie i watched the there wasn't much deleted scenes it was mostly just like yeah we had the scene that went on a little bit longer like the starting scene with uh, ben and the dog and his mom that went on a little bit longer and he was just like yeah it was in the script it kind of phrased it as if like he's his mom is like kind of jealous that he has like a scholarship and he's talking to he has a girlfriend and whatnot and it was just like we just we just decided to get rid of this and then he had another scene with his mom after um He's like in his room and he's looking at Madison's like journal or whatnot. After he looks at that, his mom comes in and talks to him again. And then there's the scene where, uh, where she, where Sherry Appleby is saying that like, yeah, I left something in your locker, but also Madison left something in his locker as well. That card, there's a scene where it shows her making that card, like in spin class or some such shit. And then like walks outside and, uh, the one girl who has the video camera at the party. And then that's a, that's foreshadowing to when she has a video camera at the hospital, I guess. Fascinating. <laughs> but she, like, walks outside and gets on a fucking moped with her. And the director was just like, yeah, we tried to give her lessons on how to ride it, but she was she was really bad. And if you watch it, she's just, like, 
like <laughs> fucking jerking around the entire time didn't know how to drive it it's very funny but i mean everything they edited or cut out it was just like yeah i understand like it's 85 minutes for a reason they cut out everything they could all of the adults are just as stupid as the kids too besides <laughs> danadea besides he, he danadea he know well i mean like he's immediately like i guess it is the right thing to be like yeah you're off the team pack up your shit and go but like the <laughs> The mom acts like a lawyer, uh-huh. <laughs> and she pretty much down, plays Amy's mom because she's yeah, just like they yeah. just brought Amy in. It's yeah. just like there's only one hospital in this entire city. Okay, I um, I, I also laughed so hard when they go to see uh, Madison's old boyfriend, and the one adult the nurse goes, "Why you kids don't wear seatbelts? I don't know. His girlfriend did. Walked away without a scratch. Hmm. <laughs> I think that's her only hmm. line. So I guess we're supposed to assume that like maybe he was abusive or whatever." and that yeah. i don't know she that was like, like the imagined backstory but like that's is that like i don't think there's really chris had talked about how like that was like the backstory she maybe imagined do you get any sense of that's what a, the boyfriend was like in the i movie? mean that would have also made it more psychologically interesting if she wasn't just insane she was it's a, a cyclical cycle uh-huh. abuse that's going on but the movie's not interested in that <laughs> no not, yeah not at all <laughs> so so we assumed that like they were driving she like unbuckled him and then like veered the car off the road or something like that i guess but yeah that that doctor there is definitely laying out a lot of information which is very weird um but, 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 but uh, yeah the steroid scene i do uh, that's such a fascinating scene where dana did comes over and talks to them and bradford is like actually reacting like pretty good he's like laughing and like yeah. i can't believe this is happening and then he goes up to josh and he's just like do you have to do with this he's like you're losing it man yeah, you're yeah. losing it he does that and hand then, gesture yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and then he just like pushes josh and then josh throws him in the pool and then the announcer's just like ben cronin has been disqualified and he's just like floating in the pool like as if shit couldn't get worse <laughs> attention marge simpson we have your son in custody <laughs> attention marge simpson we also have your older fatter balder son in custody <laughs> mm. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> what were you saying, Brad? Oh, I don't know. I, I I just feel like a lot of the scenes in this movie, they feel like they're going to be big deal, where it's like, oh shit, his girlfriend is coming around the corner, so he's a closed computer. Uh, or like, oh, he's been like pushed into the pool by his one of his best friends or something like that. And it's like, every scene just sort of kind of like fizzles out, where it's like, eh, okay, I guess it wasn't that big a deal. They whatever. don't even seem like friends, honestly. No, no it's like frenemies. I guess. Where yeah. It's like, they're like, because, it's like kind of passive aggressive. Yeah, because once once he learns the scouts are coming and they're like in the locker room before he's like, so Madison Bell. Yeah. Um, he's that's like, a, I haven't, I haven't. Because like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um, he's just like, uh, I think Bradford says something like, I'd never seen you here this early before. So it's like, he's a slacker about swimming, but once he hears the scouts are coming, he's going to do it. And he wins the, yeah. the competition that, when the scouts really come. The really funny detail is like it cuts from like Crawford winning at the, at the swim practice and everything, having the best time, and then it cuts to him like at the party. He's like smoking and drinking a beer and everything. It's just like the shittiest like. I, I was thinking that too. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. Yeah, um, yeah, because then, uh, which which part is it? Because there's a part where. I forget what it is, but it's 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 one of the shots where Madison is like three floors up on a building, just like watching everything happen. And then the next scene is whenever I, oh, it's it's uh, Ben and Amy are at Amy's work, I believe. And then Madison, I, I assume, walks in there and tells her that yeah, we 
she he cheated on you that scene kind of is so melodramatic but i kind of still sherry appleby that's her best part of the movie is yeah. her reacting to that also i completely forgot it seems like this time around there's like feels like a good 20 to 30 minutes where Christensen has like no dialogue. She's just this None. specter. Omni- just omnipresent of evil. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Just like looming over. She's you know, like most uh slasher villains, she's everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Just happens mm-hmm. to be conveniently wherever everyone else is. I mean it's the mm-hmm. kind of movie where like a cart will pass and then like a person will be able to just like vanish into thin air, like after it passes, and it's like yeah. No one runs away that quickly. That quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, I thought that even with the take that I liked with the swimming pool, where I'm like, she gets undressed awfully quickly. She's already quick. in the pool. And just it does like a cut. Dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does cut. And I'm like, yeah, because there's no way. There's no way she would have just been like, which is, yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's that one really weird scene where I'm just like, what? why? Where he's walking through the school and he just like passes a bunch of lockers and then he goes into the hallway and he sees her at her locker and he like backs away to like hide from her and then two seconds later looks again while she's very obviously looking at him and i was just like what was your deal here man yeah (laughs) she obviously spotted you uh yeah i think also the i mean we talked about this scene a little bit but the scene where he does threaten madison after is it after the steroids that he goes after her no it's after 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 he gets fired yeah yeah after okay yep he does threaten her, which is awful. And then, you know, she says, okay, okay, I'll back off. And he says, good girl. And I'm like, Jesus. You're, <laughs> you're not horrible. mentioning the great line where he starts choking her and she goes, you should have told me you liked it rough. Oh, right. That's, yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's like the, the nastiest the movie gets. I guess because it's PG-13. Like, that's like kind of the thing that I, like, this is not the worst movie we've covered on the pod and anything. Like, it's, it's totally passable, like, as like mm-hmm. an 80-minute movie. But like, it does... I feel like it stands off a lot of the rough edges with, like, the sex and violence and everything else. Where, like, she yeah. almost kills the hospital patient. She, like, tries to kill the girlfriend. It doesn't work and everything. It's, like, nothing... The only, the worst the yeah. movie gets is, like, there's the choking scene. And then, like, the shitty jock gets killed and everything off screen. It's, like, the movie feels like it's not going nutty enough. Like, Which is yeah. wild because the rating reasons are yeah. mature thematic elements and disturbing images. I'm like, what's, where's the disturbing it, images? I mean, we get a quick... Yeah, the yeah. Thing, yeah, it is also weird considering John Polson's next movie, Hide and Seek, was rated was R, rated and there's R, no yeah. sex in it. Like, this is far more, like... I remember deserving. Hide and Seek being very tame, too. It is very tame. I think it's because Robert De Niro finds Amy Irving in a bathtub full of blood at the beginning, because it's supposed mm-hmm. to imply that she slit her wrists, but, mm-hmm. like, that's really it. Is there, like, a lot of swearing? I mean... No, there's only, like, one F-bomb, I think. This is, this movie doesn't even have a PG-13 F-bomb, I don't think. Which is, no, like, it doesn't. disappointing. I feel like yeah. that, that that opportunity was missing. Like, yeah, that should have been, like, Erica Christensen I think could have nailed that, but... Yeah, she could have... She should have slipped that in at the end when she's screaming. She's... She's, I think, the one that kind of element that feels like kind of like unhinged in a truly entertaining way. Where like you know, with like those line reads, just like she's not good enough for you, Ben, and like the, but also like having the expected eyebrow reads, just like, is there a chance that maybe you might want me still? Like it's like that's like the those notes in the performance are very fun, but like yeah, everything mm-hmm. else in the movie is like a little too anodyne. I feel like also also yeah. that that moment where she's like, see that, see over there, that's, that's where, where we, we made, made love. love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> also, her character doesn't. Fucked. I mean, obviously, it's not. She's not supposed to make sense. She's supposed to be crazy, but like, uh, it, but it's like that whole. Yeah. It, but like, tell me, you love me. It doesn't have to mean anything. And then, like later on in the movie, she's like, "But, but you told me you loved me." She's like, "Yeah, like, you, you, you told me to." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another line reading I like, where I think she is having fun, is like when he shows up. It's pretty early on when she shows up at his house and meets um his mom, and he's like, "You need to like." we need to like slow down here and she's just like what what? we're friends and he's like yeah we're just friends and she goes friends are happy for each other when they show up and give you flowers like (laughs) what's the problem (laughs) that's a scene scene 1000 percent just lifted from fatal attraction oh yeah it's the scene where she shows up when ann archer's Mm -hmm. selling the house and glenn close just shows up absolutely Yeah. yeah Because when I when I watched Fatal Attraction for the first time, I was just like getting a lot of swim fan vibes from this. <laughs> and then I rewatched swim fan, and I was just like, oh boy. Just trying to think. I mean, what did you think of the music? I feel like this is like the thing. Yeah, it like, kicks yeah. ass. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, it kicks ass. <laughs> Certain bands uh, listed in the soundtrack section of IMDb. Uh, allergic and Regurgitator. <laughs> <laughs> Bush was like the one band name that I recognized. Is that the song that's like playing? When, like, what's the song that's playing when he's like, it's like a super sappy, like acoustic guitar ballad when he's like dumped by his girlfriend. He's sadly eating an apple in the quad. Like that's, that's. <laughs> and even Dante won't sit with him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. Like the movie's just like kind of like a little too sappy and like, you know, just mopey and everything to like really be like kind of a, a truly unhinged like teen thriller i feel like i feel like there's like it's too yeah it's too i agree with you Bryden. it needed to let its trashier elements just like if it was r-rated if it was like you know a little sleazier a little trashier like it, it feels like it it's it's afraid of it's funny because this is the type of movie that is supposed to be like a sleazy guilty pleasure and it feels like a movie that's afraid to offend anyone at the same time yeah, like, and, like, I don't want the movie to be, like, grossly offensive. Like, I don't No, like no, but, but, like, but I want something more than just sanitization. The movie I thought of that, like, is, like, well, it's R-rated, so I guess it's able to go, like, a little more buck wild is uh, Fear, uh, which is, like, oh, a yeah. obsessed, like, teen movie. And, like, that's, like, a movie where, like, the sex is, like, truly out of control, where it's, like, the finger banging to wild horses by the Sundays and everything. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, Mark Wahlberg just, like, truly, like, like snapping necks and, like, screaming into into Fish Island's keyholes and everything. And, yeah. And William Peterson is also very on And that movie does, like, have sort of, like, a little bit more going on in the commentary about, like, you know, sort of, like, men controlling women and, it, like, you know, both, like, with the fathers and the boyfriends. It's like, oh, that's, like, a little interesting. I mean, there's some gross sexual violence in the movie that, like, I don't think was... That was not necessary at all, but like yeah, that movie yeah. is, and like the, some of the kills in that movie are like truly like just like whoa, like this is bananas mm. and everything. So yeah, that that's a that's a, a better like version of this kind of you yeah. know obsessed teen romance movie, I think. Uh, but yeah, I guess with the R rating, it, it's allowed to have that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. one other very very minor detail, but it always makes me laugh when cops show up and uh, their car just says police on it. <laughs> just no just no town no nothing we it always are makes me we th- are police yes we are police it always makes me think of the naked gun joke where they just show up to see oj simpson at the hospital and it just says the hospital on the building <laughs> 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 and um the cop uh, who uh, who's uh hounding jesse bradford is uh an actor named nick sandow who was uh like the the 
Warden, I think, in uh, Orange is the New Black, Caputo, uh, which I watched. The oh my god, of. you're right. Yeah, wow. he has a little bit more hair in this one. Um, yeah, and uh, I, he's he's the guy saying like, uh, you know, uh, don't leave town or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Really quickly, I'm gonna have to go soon, but the thing because you mentioned Michael, uh, who had, who is also seen Swim Fan, uh, he he wanted us to talk about the pager that uh, that Ben has. Throughout yes. The movie. So I guess the thing I theorized about was like maybe. I don't know if this is, like, a, a like something I pick up from, like, crime movies or from this era where it's, like, people using pagers for, like, illicit criminal activities and everything. Like, The Wire comes out in 2002 and they're mm-hmm. using pagers and that, both the cops and, like, the dealers. I guess is Ben using that pager still because he has it from his days when he was trying to score drugs or whatever? I mean... I guess, but I also... It's just, like, who, like, 17, 18-year-old is, like, yo... One, how did Page he get me. his? Yeah. yeah, he was just like, "Look, we're just friends, but here's my pager number if you ever need me, and do not page me three times while I'm trying to talk to Dan Hedaya. Don't ever do that." And she does it anyways. Really yeah. Good. Um, the other movie that I was there were a few. I feel like there was like the only other movie I can think of though is for whatever reason Catherine Zeta Jones in the Terminal has a pager. Hmm. <laughs> I, but she's like, like a businesswoman, right? Yeah, Isn't she that's like a, prof- a, a professional. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. And no cell phones on planes. I guess that makes more sense. Th- that's the other thing is, like, Kevin, you're asking why doesn't he have a cell phone. It's like, I mean, I was not, like, I was, like, four when this movie came out. So, like, uh, like what, how common were cell phones amongst, like, high schoolers they... or, like, elementary schoolers? Like, I I, like it was that... still new, but it was definitely... Yeah. I got my first cell phone that I shared with my sister when I was, like, in eighth grade. And that thing was a fucking brick. Like, it would fill up an entire pocket. You couldn't fit anything else in there. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Almost Major. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please follow the pod on Twitter at Almost Major to keep up to date with what movies we will be covering in the future. Myself, I can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kev Bonesy. Bryden can be found on Twitter at Bryden Doyle and on Letterboxd at J Doyle. Charlie can be found on Twitter and Letterboxd at CTNash91. Once again, thank you for listening.